Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Tuesday edition of the show. Glad you're with us. It is game day for the Hoosiers. This is a Peacock game tonight, so it's on the Peacock streaming app. Hopefully you've got a subscription to that at this point of the season. But Indiana at Rutgers, we'll talk a lot about that game today. It's going to be a different Tuesday program, some different guests today because of some sickness and just different things. So we'll have the lineup here in just a moment. But uh, glad you're with us today. And as always, plenty to get to. Looking forward to IU and Rutgers tonight. I'm curious, can Xavier Johnson put another good game together for the Hoosiers? I'm curious, can C.J. Gunn find a real niche, a role for this team that he can contribute in on a regular basis? I think that is needed for IU basketball. I think we know that the interior, whether it's Kellel Ware or Malik Renew generally are going to be there. Renew, can he maybe elevate his game here midseason to another level as far as his point production and scoring? But uh, those are things I'm going to be watching for. I think everything about Indiana as they twist and turn here in the Big Ten Conference and we start to think about March Madness and the Big Ten Tournament, the NCAA Tournament, resumes and all those things that go along with the great big dance that we have each year at the conclusion of College Hoops. I think it's all going to center around the Indiana backcourt. Can they get it together? Can the shooting uh, improve? Can the guard play in general improve? That's where all the question marks generally are at right now. So Xavier Johnson, C.J. Gunn, to me, two keys for the game tonight at Rutgers. It's been a tough place, we know, for uh, Indiana to play. I think it's the Jersey Mike's Arena now. It's had a, a number of different names over the years. The Rack is what I will always uh, refer to it as or think of it as. But it is a Rutgers team that uh, could be ripe for the picking. They are 8-6 and six overall, 0-3 uh, and three in Big Ten play. So the flip side of that is they're going to be very hungry for their first Big Ten win, especially on their home court. And, of course, from Indiana's perspective, um, they've got to come in and knock off a team that might be uh, in superior a bit. So 7 o'clock on Peacock. If you uh, want to hear Don Fisher the legend call the ball game. You can do so right here on the Big X. Uh, pre-game will begin at 6 o'clock, tip off at 7. And again, the game is uh, on the Peacock Network if you need to get that or if you uh, purchase that a little bit earlier in the year. It's been helpful because not only does Indiana have, what, four games, I think, on there this season, there are a number of Big Ten games of interest that are going to be on the Peacock Network throughout uh, the conference season. So if you like the Big Ten, if you keep up with it as I do, 
it's probably a good investment. I think um, I got the $4.99 package a month, which is fairly reasonable in the streaming world. So uh, check that out if you need it for the game tonight. Let's look at the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Segment one here in just a few moments. We'll have our Hoosier headlines, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. Later in the hour, uh, Mike Schumann is out today. He is under the weather, so we're going to have Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall with a little bonus time with Alex today here as we get ready for the Rutgers game on the road. He'll help us preview that game. And then later in the show, segment three, Matt Weaver, Peaks.com, the football writer, is going to join us to talk about some very interesting additions to the IU football program. And I'm not talking about anybody from the transfer portal or any recruiting uh, success for Coach Signetti and the new staff. I'm talking about some key off-the-field positions that we started to get into a little bit yesterday uh, with Zach Osterman when he was with us, but we'll talk about that as well uh, with Matt Weaver later in the program today. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Big Tam in New Albany. Check Honey Big Tam in New Albany out today. They have great sandwiches, salads, and soups that are made fresh daily. And they will surely satisfy any craving you have. You might even find something else to take home as they have a variety of dinner packages. Give Honey Baked Tam in New Albany a try. I think you'll be glad that you did. Thornton's text line is open. It's game day. We'd love to hear from you. How are you feeling as the Hoosiers get ready to tip off with Rutgers on the road tonight? The number to text in, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. That is the Thornton's text line. You can send in questions, comments for Alex, football stuff for Matt Weaver, uh, anything, local sports, as long as it's classy and appropriate, we'll get it on the air today. And again, the number, 502-414-1450. If you're looking for an icy cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's. I don't know about you guys, but the last couple days, it's been winter. It's been colder. It's, it was a little windy, especially yesterday. Really gray out there, a little bit of rain. Just It feels like winter all of a sudden, especially now that we're through the holidays. I don't know. I haven't studied the weather. I think there's a chance of some snow at some point this week. I feel like maybe I saw Friday was our best chance, but it just feels like we're due for a winter storm. We're due for some snow, and uh, that would be fine with me. Let's have one big one and uh, maybe get it out of the way for the year. But it definitely feels like winter outside, which means we're smack dab in the middle of college basketball and the conference season, and uh, all thoughts ahead now lead to the NCAA tournament. Uh, can this Indiana team become or will they get to be tournament eligible when we get to that point of the season? So it's just hard to believe we're into almost the middle part of January uh, with Big Ten Conference basketball playing out basically every night. Indiana tonight at Rutgers. I mentioned Rutgers 8-6 and six overall, 0-3 in Big Ten play. Remember, Rutgers missed uh, the, the NCAA tournament uh, last season. Uh, they lost some really key players uh, from the team last year, and they've got a really good recruiting class for 2024, which could immediately help them next season. But this is still kind of an unknown year for Rutgers in the Big Ten Conference. Uh, definitely a defense-based team, I think you would say, for uh, Rutgers. Uh, and looking at the team this season, uh, 10 players deep, 
Nobody on the roster plays more than 27 minutes. That's kind of unique. And there's three Scarlet Knights that are in double figures as far as their average go. Uh, Clifford, and I never can say his last name. It starts with an O. Clifford Omori, maybe. He's a big-time defender. Uh, He leads Rutgers in scoring at 10.7 points a game. He also is their key rebounder, averaging nine points a game. And he averages almost three-and-a-half blocks a game as well. 6'11", 240-pound senior key player for uh, this Rutgers team tonight. Also, Andre Hyatt, fifth-year senior. Uh, he's another name to know in advance of the game tonight. He's a, a third-year player at Rutgers, and as I mentioned, a fifth-year senior. He transferred in from LSU back some seasons ago, but he's actually the team's leading scorer at 11.9 points per game, and he has shot uh, 27 or scored 27 three-pointers this season out of 77 attempts. Another uh, key player to know for tonight I think it's Mawat Mag. He had an ACL tear last season, uh, has only played six games so far this year, but has started. He's from Australia, six foot seven, and hasn't been a big offensive threat, but definitely is key in this Rutgers defense as well. So those are some names to know with Rutgers tonight. Obviously, I've given you my thoughts on IU guard play, Xavier Johnson, Maybe some key plays, some shots from C.J. Gunn in a reserve role. Uh, That's what I'll be looking forward to to tonight for the Hoosiers um, at Rutgers. Recruiting note on Derek Queen, probably the number one question that I get uh, about recruiting right now all surrounds Derek Queen. I mentioned this at the very end of the show yesterday, but according to Pigs.com, uh, Derek Queen will no longer make his announcement this weekend when he's in Springfield, Massachusetts for the Hoop Hall Classic uh, with his Montverde Academy team. Uh, he is aiming now, according to Jeff Rabjohns, for a decision in January. He has a Final Four of Indiana, Maryland, Houston, and Kansas. He's taken visits to all of those schools, a junior year and senior year official visit to Indiana. And, of course, both of those visits, he was with his teammate, his good buddy, Liam McNeely, who, as things stand right now, is the only commitment in the class of 2024. So I don't know if it's good news or bad news that Queen is kicking his decision back again. You know, we thought he was going to make his decision in early to mid-December. That did not happen. Then the hoop hall opportunity, it seemed like maybe a national television ESPN opportunity to announce his decision while he was there made a lot of sense. That's where all signs pointed. But now another change in plans, as uh, we'll find out now sometime in February. But I've not seen any kind of dates or any kind of details. Uh, So this feels like just kind of a general pushback, which would tell you that there is still some real evaluation that needs to go on. One other thing I don't know, we need to have Jeff Rabjohns on soon, but You know, Queen had kind of called for a truce in his recruiting that, hey, I'm in decision-making mode. This was back in early December. No need to come to Montverde. No need to call, text, you know, bother me. I'm going to figure this out, make make an announcement soon. With that not happening, I'd love to know, and I'm sure some are, Are coaches beginning to reopen? Have they reopened full recruitment of him? Or are they giving him space to make a decision? I think that would be curious to know as well. But we'll see what uh, happens. Boy, it would be a big pickup for Indiana next season to put McNeely and Queen in a class together. And one other thought, you know, here in the middle part of January with only one commit in 24, 
I know that recruiting has changed a lot because of the transfer portal, and just recruiting itself has changed, but can you imagine a one-player class? Let's say Queen doesn't go to Indiana. Can you imagine a one-player class? And it's likely that there'll be a late pickup regardless of what happens with Queen, but the transfer portal has transformed the game and has transformed roster management so much that there's no longer a rush to sign guys, and it's okay to have open scholarships. Uh, Things are going to work out. There are going to be opportunities, some probably that you never even thought of would ever be available because of a coaching change with recruiting or just because of the transfer portal and how many players enter that system each and every year right at the conclusion of the season. So uh, we'll see what happens with Queen, but, uh, hey, more room for the transfer portal. I think there's uh, reason to make that a priority when it comes to your roster management, having plenty of spots to add in players that uh, might want to make a jump from mid-major up to the high major level or who knows other guys from high majors that want a new situation so but that's some thoughts on the game tonight and Derek Queen's recruitment as well one local note wanted to mention Sean East New Albany graduate he's a graduate student now in college at Missouri and he just recently uh, reached 1,000 points for his collegiate career. He had 18 points, 8 assists, 6 rebounds, 2 steals, as Missouri lost 75-68 to Georgia on Saturday. Sean was 9 of 20 from the field. He was 0 of 2 from 3-point range, 2 fouls, no turnovers, and he played all 40 minutes of the game for the Tigers. East is averaging a, a team high, 17.1 points per game, a team high 3.9 assists per game, just a shade over three rebounds a game, uh, over one assist per game, and he's averaging just about 33 minutes a game. Missouri having a pretty good season. They are 8-6 overall, 0-1 after the loss to Georgia on Saturday, and I believe they play at Kentucky tonight. I believe I've got that right. So uh, Shawnee's coming back to the area uh, an hour and a half away or so to play at Kentucky. So uh, he's been a lot of different places, but Sean has done it his way. He's had a good college career. He took advantage of some transfer portal opportunities. He took advantage of the COVID year. He kind of reset his recruitment, which was a little different to go from Division I basketball. First off, he went to prep school. Remember that? And then he went to UMass, and then he went to Bradley. Then he used the extra year to kind of reset things for his recruitment. He went to junior college and played with Kobe Barnes of Floyd Central on a really good team, got seen a lot, got an opportunity to develop some things, work on some things, and then he went back to the Division I route. And it sounds like he's at home at Missouri. This will be his se- this is his second season for the Tigers, but he is he's having a nice uh, finish to his college career. And I'm going to tell you with Sean, he's grown a lot since he was at New Albany. Uh, nothing major, but he definitely has stretched out some his height and length. I think it's going to be really interesting to see what he does after college. Does he get an opportunity in the G League? Could he ever try to get on an NBA roster? Will he go the overseas route, look to make some good money over there that is basically tax-free? I think Sean East is one of those guys that is a hoop head, and I think he'll be playing professional basketball at some, let's just say, reasonable level at best. I think he'll play for a long, long time would be my prediction when it comes to Sean East, but definitely going to be interesting to see 
how he finishes up with Missouri this year and what is next for him once we get through this season. We'll head to a commercial break. Those are Hoosier headlines for this Tuesday edition of the program. When we come back, Alex Bozich inside the hall. We'll get ready for Indiana at Rutgers tonight. It's a big one. Every Big Ten game is a big one, but in this tough stretch for Indiana with what's ahead, this is a big one to try to get tonight on the road against the Rutgers team, still looking for its first Big Ten victory. We'll talk all of that and more. Matt Weaver, Peaks.com, coming up after Alex on IU Football. A great Tuesday program. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back on this Tuesday show. Mike Schumann out today. We get a little bonus time with Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall here on game day for the Hoosiers as Indiana at Rutgers tonight. Alex, uh, Indiana on the road. Road wins are tough to come by in the Big Ten Conference. I guess there's two ways to look at this. Number one, it's a Rutgers team without a win in conference play tonight, while Indiana's 3-1. and one. Indiana could go on the road and get one here, or... Uh, this is a Rutgers team at home that's very hungry. It's been a tough place for Indiana to play. Uh, Indiana might have its hands full tonight. Hard to know how it will play out, but definitely an opportunity here for Indiana. Yeah, man, it's uh, you know it's it's really kind of crazy when you look at how poorly Indiana's played at Rutgers. Really, the last four times it's been up there. Uh, hasn't scored more than, I don't think, 63 points. Last year they, they played up there. I know they were missing Jalen Huchifino, but only scored 48 points. Uh, Rutgers has had their number uh, at Jersey Mike's Arena, the rack, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it it's a style of play that has been difficult for Indiana uh, to play against their physicality and just how they like to grind out games. And Indiana's going to have to be much tougher on the – Glass and what we saw uh, on Saturday night against Ohio State, and really just going to have to have a better mentality than, than what they had at the Nebraska game in terms of taking care of the ball. Those 19 turnovers turned to 27 points. If you have a performance against that, uh, like that against Rutgers, it's going to be another long night. And yeah, I agree with you. It's just really hard to, you know, make a prediction on what's going to happen because this is as weak as Rutgers has been in several years as a team. They're eight and six overall. They, they, they do only have one loss at home, but they have, dating back to last season, lost four straight Big Ten games at home. Not a particularly good offensive team. They are still ranked in the top 15 defensively. So, you know, this is a great, as you mentioned, a great opportunity for Indiana to go steal one on the road. Quite frankly, I think if Indiana has aspirations of being anything more than an NIT, NIT team, this is a game they need to win. So I think we'll learn a lot about this team uh, tonight and just, kind of the way they compete and the mentality. But this is not going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, Indiana is, you know, below average, I think, in terms of Big Ten teams offensively. They're going against a really good defense in Rutgers, and Rutgers offensively is 
I think ranked outside the top 200 in Ken Palm's adjusted offensive efficiency rating. So it's going to come down to rebounding, taking care of the ball, and, and who can get stops. I think it's going to be a, a tight, tight game, and we'll see if Indiana, maybe the experience that they've played so many close games early in the season pays off in a game like tonight. Talking with Alex Bozich, little bonus time with Alex here on our Tuesday show. He also is with us Thursdays uh, for a regular conversation on Indiana basketball. You know, three-point shooting was really bad for Indiana earlier this year. I guess you would say there's been some pretty steady improvement. Number one, Indiana is shooting Mm -hmm. more threes, and they've made some more threes. Do you still list three-point shooting as a major concern for this team, or do you think you've seen enough improvement where maybe it's some other things that get the focus now when it comes to that topic? Well, I mean, their three-point shooting percentage in Big Ten games is 41.7%. You look at that, that's that's an outstanding number. That's a good number. Um, the volume in terms of how many threes they're taking is still the lowest of any Big Ten team. So I think they could stand and maybe take a little bit more, but I don't think the conversation necessarily has to be focused on that. I think the, the bigger concern for me with this Indiana team is just taking care of the ball and defensive rebounding. Uh, obviously, they, they did – they seem to do like one of those two things on a game to game basis, but they, they never really do both. And, you know, the, the Nebraska game, it was more of their inability to take care of the ball. Uh, and then the Ohio state game, it was inability to hit the defensive glass. They're going to have to shore up those two things more regularly to kind of reach their ceiling and reach their potential as a team. But the three point shooting, I mean, the percentage is good. You know, I'd like to see Malik Renew take some more threes. He's looked really good in that regard. He might have to take a couple tonight because, I think it's going to be a really physical game in the paint, and Rutgers, is, they, they make it as hard as anybody to finish twos. I mean, Cliff Amore is averaging over three block shots a game, and uh, unless the game is being officiated really tightly, I don't see a pass for Indiana getting a ton of free throws. So they're going to have to probably step out and make some threes tonight. But to their credit, I mean, they've been shooting the ball better from the three-point line. Uh, the percentage is up, as I mentioned, in Big Ten play. Uh, maybe the volume should go up a little bit more, but – I think the the more important thing is to get good shots in the flow of the offense, don't force anything, and then make the open ones, and they've been doing a better job of that lately. Alex Bozich inside the hall. Alex, on your website you wrote today uh, that Kellel Ware could really be a key in this game tonight for Indiana. Malik Renew likely yeah. is going to draw defense from, you can help me with, with the, the name there, the, the key defensive Flip, stopper for Rutgers. Yeah, so uh, where maybe some extra pressure on his shoulders tonight uh, to step up and convert. Yeah, I mean, he played well at Nebraska coming off his illness, um, but really wasn't a factor in that Ohio State game. I mean, they they went with a smaller lineup down the stretch, and he was on the bench, and uh, I don't think that was Mike Woodson's preference. I think it was more of how Khalil Ware was playing, and he wasn't really the same engaged player uh, in the Ohio State game, they're going to need him tonight on the glass, and particularly, uh, this is th- this is not going to be a game for the for, for anybody who's soft in the paint. So I'm not saying Khalil Ware has been soft by any means. I mean, I think he's answered all the questions in terms of what people said about him last year at Oregon. But there's been times where he's you know given up some rebounds or to, to, to guys who have maybe gone after the ball with a little bit more tenacity, more toughness. And there's been times where you know, guys have 
taking it right at him in the paint and finished against him on the rim. He's going to have to be um, more uh, physical uh, tonight. And, you know, obviously he's kind of a, a thin frame. He's put on some weight in the offseason. But tonight's a game where he's really going to be tested because Rutgers, uh, it's it's just a different style of basketball than, than what Indiana's played this season in a lot of these games. There, it, it's, it's just the physicality and, and the way they play. There's not many teams in the country that play that way. Indiana's going to have to adjust to the physicality. The, the way to beat Rutgers is not to settle uh, necessarily for for long twos and threes and and be afraid to take it in the paint. You got to go at them. You got to match the physicality. You got to be on the boards. You got to be, you know, able to get off on the ball after loose on the floor after loose balls. I mean, there's been games up there where Rutgers is just completely out hustled Indiana. That can't be the case tonight. And Khalil Ware's got to be a part of it. He you know he can't be you know, a bystander on some of these plays. He's got to be in there mixing it up. And, um, you know, if, if he's not going to do that, I mean, I think you could see, you know, Indiana maybe go with a smaller lineup at times tonight. And, you know, Rutgers does really only have uh, lineups with one big with uh, Cliff Amore. And then they play uh, Mag, who I think is just coming back the last six games or so from the torn ACL that he suffered last season. Uh, they play him at the four. So you could see some lineups tonight where Anthony Walker's playing the four and Baco, depending on what the matchups looks like, could even maybe see some Peyton Sparks at times if if uh you know if Ware isn't ready to play with the with the physicality uh, that's necessary. Because this is this is a this is this is gonna be a man's game tonight and I, I think we'll learn a lot just about how Indiana's front court uh is ready to deal with some toughness in the paint. Alex Bozich inside the hall talking IU Rutgers tonight. You got me thinking about how tough of a building it's been for Rutgers to play in. I see a story here that Trace Jackson Davis never won in the rack. No current player on the Mm -hmm. IU roster has won at Rutgers. And then furthermore, is this right? Indiana current Big Ten losing streaks uh, four in a row at Rutgers. Is it 19 in a row at the Cole Center in Washington, in uh, Wisconsin? That sounds right. I, I, I think they haven't won at the Cole Center since uh, the – I think the first game they played there was the last – was the time they won there. So that's that's pretty hard to believe. The last time they won at Rutgers, uh, it was Archie Miller's first season. So back the – I think it was 2017-2018 team. That was early – I think in the the Steve Peichel area era at Rutgers, uh, looking back on that game, you know, Geo Baker was a freshman. He's been gone now from Rutgers for a while. And in the end, that game, they only scored 65 points. They won 65 to 43. But as I said, they're not, this is not a game where Indiana is going to get in the mid 70s, 80 points. They're going to have to win in the, you know, in the 60s and figure out a way to grind it out. But yeah, this is, it's been a, it's been a tough place to play. It's not just Indiana. I mean, this is Rutgers has been the last. You know, obviously their roster is a little bit different. They lost a ton of guys uh, last season, but they're still seven and one uh, this season in true home games. So they and they haven't really beat the best teams at home. They've they've beaten. I'm looking at the at the schedule right now. They've beaten. You know, at home their best win obviously is Illinois, but other than that, they've beaten some teams that are, you know, outside of the top 150 in Ken Palm. So not a lot of, t- not a lot of great home wins, but it's a tough place to play. And the one thing that I guess to keep in mind is my understanding is there's a pretty 
bad rain and windstorm kind of moving in uh, to to North uh, or to New Jersey right now. I think they've already declared like a state of emergency uh, beginning tonight at 5 p.m. The game's going to go on to schedule. I, I wonder how that affects fans coming out. I'm sure like students and all that are on campus will be able to make it in, but I wonder people who maybe commute to games and uh, kind of make that the atmosphere what it is. I wonder how what what impact if any of that has on it. So that that's one thing to keep in mind. And that's maybe you know a little subtle thing that you know if they don't have the normal crowd they have, it's something that Indiana can use to its advantage. You need anything you can get on the on the road uh, in the Big Ten. So that's one other thing that could potentially work in Indiana's favor. Absolutely. Talking with Alex Bozich. Alex, final quick hitter as we let you go here. Derek Queen, it looks like he's not going to make a decision this weekend in Springfield at the big high school basketball event there. Uh, Sounds like a decision is now coming in February. Any read or any thought if it's good or bad or indifference uh, on Indiana's chance to land him with him kicking this division, this decision back even further? Yeah, I don't, I, I hate to read into it, uh, make you know, make any assumptions based on it. But to me, is you know, from every everyone I've talked to and I've talked to a couple of people the last couple of days, uh, what I've kind of gathered is is this just a kid who wants to make sure that he is getting it right. He gets to make the decision one time. He wants to uh, have a chance to kind of sit down with his family and, and talk things through and make sure he's making the right decision. It's it's not an issue of. Uh, Indiana or any other school in the mix of, you know, being uh, not as high on those schools as maybe as initially thought. Of. You know, I think Indiana is right there in the mix. Have a great chance, I think, to land his commitment. But um, sometimes with these things, uh, it's better off maybe for the recruit to not let anything get out there in terms of a timetable for when they want to decide. And because uh, I think sometimes people think, well, he's just dragging it along, and, and maybe you know, he's, he, maybe he genuinely is just torn and, and wants some, some more time to make a decision, which, Matt, we've talked about this so much over the years. If I was a kid that was ranked as highly as, as Derek Queen or any of these other top guys, and I would do what Romeo Langford did back in the day. I would wait to the last possible minute to make my decision, so I had as much information as possible. So I don't, I don't read in, into any of it in terms of it being a negative for Indiana. I think Indiana's done a great job recruiting him. I think they have a chance to get him, and We'll just see whether he announces in January, February, April, May, whatever, whenever it is. I just hope he makes the the best decision for him and, and ends up in a place where he can be successful. Alex Bozich inside the hall, kind enough to not only join us Thursday here in a few days from now, but also check in Tuesday uh, to fill in. Alex, very much appreciate you. Uh, We'll catch you Thursday. We'll recap tonight and look ahead when we uh, talk next later this week. Absolutely, Matt. Thanks for uh, having me on, and and you and uh, Justin, have a good rest of your day. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. And uh, just a couple other notes I wanted to mention. Uh, Pacers star Tyrese Halliburton, a grade one left hamstring uh, hamstring strain, according to ESPN. Uh, He's going to be reevaluated in a couple weeks, uh, but there's, uh, I guess, obviously relief from the Pacers organization that he avoided a serious injury. So he's been a hot player. Been fun to watch, fun to follow, definitely helped take the Pacers to another level. We'll be interested to see how he performs, or I should say how the Pacers perform without his services here, at least for the next couple.
couple weeks. Also, text on the Thornton's text line. Um, this one's hard for me. Uh, my friend Butch said, Matt, sad to hear we lost one of our good friends this week. Bob Lane will be missed. He was a good umpire. He never missed a call. Uh, Butch saying that laughing. May Bob rest in peace. Bob was, uh, gosh, so much around sports and parks and recreation uh, here in southern Indiana. Originally from Springs Valley, knew the Bird Brothers and uh, was, I think, maybe the second all-time leading rebounder at one point at Springs Valley High School. But uh, Bob was outstanding, uh, former IUS women's basketball coach, coached the tennis teams there, ran the intramurals program there, helped Jim Morris with the boys or the men's basketball program at IUS for a number of years. He was uh, superintendent of New Albany Floyd County Parks, went on to lead the New Albany Housing Authority Agency, been a great friend to me over the years, a great supporter of sports. He loved the New Albany Bulldogs. Uh, professionally for me in my regular job, he had been a great mentor over the last year or so, And uh, he, but he uh, has, has passed on kind of unexpectedly and a real shock here to a lot of people in the area. So uh, probably we'll talk more about Bob later this week, but uh, thank you, Butch, for texting that in. Uh, we've lost so many great sports figures uh, in the area uh, over the last number of years. It's it's really sad. And uh, speaking of that, uh, also another uh, negative, another loss, but Jerry Jones, the long time, I didn't realize this, but I think 24, 25-year assistant coach to Denny Crum at the University of Louisville. Uh, he had been ill. He had been going downhill, but he passed away um, uh, yesterday, his, his family announced. Of course, he had some time here in southern Indiana, lived here and helped uh, Chad Gilbert coach uh, the uh, girls' Jeffersonville Devils to a state championship back in 2011. And just was a good guy. The guy really lived, breathed, loved basketball. And Coach Jones was just an outstanding uh, guy for local basketball. And he, he definitely will be missed. So he and Bob Lane, in their own regards, two giants in basketball and sports and just good, good people here in the area. They will both be missed. We'll head to a commercial break. We're back with, back with Matt Weaver. We'll talk uh, IU football, some new additions to the coaching staff, and a lot more coming up here. Also, we'll get Matt's thoughts on the national championship game last night. The Michigan Wolverines. Is Coach Harbaugh, is he going to return to Michigan, or will he maybe hold out and uh, head to the NFL? We'll talk with Matt next here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach, who got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back on this Tuesday edition of the show. Matt Weaver, Peaks.com, with us to talk IU football and some, I think, key staffing additions for new coach Kirk Sinetti. And we'll get to that here in just a second. But first off, Matt, I want to welcome you to the show and get your thoughts on the national championship game last night. 
I feel like a lot of Indiana fans wondering what if if Michael Penix had stayed at Indiana and been healthy at Indiana. Uh, but also, uh, I felt like a lot of IU fans pulling for him in Washington last night against the sometime disliked Wolverines of Michigan. Uh, your thoughts on Penix, his career, his finish at Washington, and uh, also th- just in general the national championship game last night. Um, well, I mean, obviously, you know, Michael had a lot of ups and, and more downs at Indiana and then, you know, went to Washington and had a fantastic two year run there. And even though last night was disappointing and he didn't have his best game, um, you know, and not all of it was on him, you know, but, uh, it, he, he's, he's had a really tremendous career. I mean, I think over the last two years, I want to say he's thrown for over 8,000 yards or something like that. Um, I, I could be wrong on that, but I think I'm close. Just incredible. Um, you know, and I, I mean, I'll, I'll admit I, I was pulling for Washington. I mean, Kalen DeBoer uh, is a friend. William Inch, their co-DC, is a friend. Nick Sheridan, their tight end coach, is a friend. And then, you know, I always, I always, uh, you know, had great respect for Michael. He was great when he was here to to deal with as far as the media. Um, and his parting wasn't on bad terms. It was just best for him to go somewhere else. So um, tough game for them. I mean, I, you know, I, I thought going in, if Washington could protect michael um they could do some things that's just where they struggled i i my fear was they weren't going to be able to to protect and and um, give him enough time for them to do those you know they like to throw the ball down the field and he had to do a lot of dump offs and checks last night just because he didn't have time to wait for guys down the field and you know football still won up front and the team that was better up front won the game last night and that was michigan Matt Weaver, Peaks.com, joining us. Um, let's get into IU football. Some new positions, I think, for IU football. A couple off-the-field positions. One is a, a general manager-type uh, staff person. The other, a director of football operations. Both of those are titles that have either popped up at a lot of Big Ten schools or are popping up or expected to pop up at Big Ten schools as uh, the work on the transfer portal and recruiting and other type of uh, non-coaching duties exist now in this new world of college football and college basketball. Can you tell us who's filling these roles and maybe a little bit more about some of these new additions to Coach Signetti's staff? Well, Matt Wilson is the um, the one. His title's kind of going to be like a general manager. I don't know if they've exactly released his official title. And, and honestly, the guy who was there before him, Stephen Ruzek, was probably doing a lot of the same things that Matt will be doing. Um, it's just a, kind of a different title. Um, I actually know Matt very well. He was at Indiana um, for a couple of years when Tom Allen was first the head coach. He was at Tennessee before that and kind of came over with Mike DeBoer and, and Nick Sheridan and, and was really instrumental in getting a lot of good players for those first those first few seasons. Guys that, you know, not only played well in Indiana, but went on and got drafted. So it's a really big get. He has been at NC State and was at a few other places between his time in Indiana and then this time, you know, second stint here at Indiana. Um, really sharp guy, really good at evaluating players. Uh, just just really good at what he does. And, and there's a reason why Chris Signetti targeted him and pursued him and and I think it's a tremendous hire. And then I think Blake Jackson is the other one. I don't know him as well. I, I believe that him and Matt have uh, they've crossed paths. I think at Tennessee. Um, so he's a guy I don't have as much insight on because I, I I've never I've never come across him before. But it looks like he has a you know pretty impressive background. I think he's been in Arkansas State and Matt was there too. So I, it looks like these guys you know got to know each other at Tennessee and and you know 
know, when you get this kind of a job, you know, Matt will be running the recruiting department for Indiana. You want to bring in people you know and you trust and that you can count on, and it looks like that's what he's done with Blake Jackson. Matt Weaver, Peaks.com. Next year, I don't have the schedule up in front of me, but I believe both Michigan and Washington will come to Bloomington. Is that correct? That is correct. So, yeah, people were kind of talking about that before the game. No matter what, Indiana's going to be hosting uh, the defending national champs. Uh, Washington comes on October 26th, and Michigan will be coming to Bloomington November 9th. Wow. A lot of talk about Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State, the East Division of the Big Ten Conference, obviously that's going away. But with the new additions to the Big Ten, the West Coast additions, and the way the schedule shakes out in those rotations, it's not going to get any easier, is it? No, I mean I do think it, you know getting rid of the divisions helps Indiana, um, you know because you don't you know you're not guaranteed to face Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State every year. Obviously, Oregon's good, Washington's good. Um, USC is good. UCLA's been down a little bit, but it's still a program where they, you know, they're 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 always you know one year away from being you know pretty darn good. So, yeah, you've added some good teams. I do think the non divisions will will make life a little bit easier. It's never going to be easy in the Big Ten. It's a great conference. It's a phenomenal conference. Um, but I do think it gives you it, it it is a little bit you know bowl and postseason play is more attainable than it was before when you were facing that gauntlet of basically, you know, every year you had three losses before the season even started. Yeah, for sure. Matt Weaver, peaks.com. Matt, thanks for coming on with us today. We'll check in with you uh, from time to time here in the off season, but really curious what coach Sig and this new staff can get done. And I feel like there'll be a lot of excitement heading into the next college football season, but thanks for all of your help this year, this past season for keeping us posted on all the successes and at some time failures of IU football. No problem guys. Take care. Have a good week. All right, Matt Weaver, Peaks.com with us, the go-to guy when it comes to IU football for sure. We'll uh, wrap things up for today. Back with you Wednesday at 11 a.m. We'll recap tonight's game, a big one for IU at Rutgers, 7 o'clock tip, 6 o'clock pregame. The legendary Don Fisher on the call if you uh, keep the IU network on here on the Big X. I'll talk with you tomorrow. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. (laughs) 